Hey, everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Madiv's Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm joined by the president of our industrials business, Mr. Vishal Rao, who's also a veteran of the Getting to Know podcast. Vishal, thanks for taking time out of your schedule again to talk to us here on the Getting to Know podcast. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me again. It's good to have you. Good to have you. And we'll see how much you've evolved since the last time we were together. See, see how consistent some of your uh, reactions are. Although the world is very different than the last time we spoke, your world in particular is very different. Let's start there. So you've got this industrials business that you're leading, which I think is the culmination of a bunch of different categories from multiple legacy organizations in every nook and cranny of the globe. Talk to me a little bit about what your current remit is and help the audience understand a little bit more about the industrials business. Sounds good. So industrials, it's a bunch of different end products, but essentially around a few core technologies. There's three pieces. One is the industrial solutions business, which comes from legacy Nina. And so that essentially is durable, saturated and coated papers for applications such as masking tape, abrasives, medical packaging and labels. The second piece is the Conved Industrial Nets business, which was an acquisition that SWM made several years ago. So that's been carved out of the AMS business, and that is most well known for the orange nets you see around the construction sites, the barrier nets, um, as well as uh, you might see some when you buy your bag of oranges, the packaging nets as well. So there's many other more interesting applications there. And the third piece uh, is the industrial business for SCAPA, which is around three basic product applications. The first one is wrapping of cables, power cables. So you need a a protective wrap around your power cables. That is a business in which SCAPA has been a world leader for several years. Similarly, when you have all the cars these days, you have so many miles of wires in them. So we make a harness for the wires to keep them together and to reduce noise. And the third piece is construction tapes of various kinds and shapes and sizes. So that is the three pieces of this pie and it's about 15 sites and uh, yeah, very well spread across the globe at this point in time. And from a commercial standpoint, also very well spread across the globe? Yes, exactly. Every business, every site, is, is global in many ways. And so and I'm glad to be in a, in a spot where I get to be part of a global team in a global business. I think that's not very often found in our industries. I feel like because of how your business was formed, you're as good a barometer as we may have in terms of how the integration is going because you're, you're touching employees, you're touching businesses, categories, customers from, from all different legacy parts of the organization. How is it going? I think integration will take a few years, at least to get to what I view as you know coming to the point where we act consistently across all functions and dimensions as one organization. I think it's going fine. It's going on track. And maybe Natalie is a better person to ask this to. But I think we're seeing what we needed to get done being done. Um, I think we have a bunch of heavy lifting when it comes to operating with the same philosophy in our various pieces of business. But that, that I think, is a combination of uh, understanding what our worldview is and how to run a world-class business. 
on how we work in a matrix environment and then working on the tools and resources to make sure we know the facts and information on which to make uh, our good decisions. So it's going okay. I think when we speak, let's say six months from now, we'll all feel a little bit more comfortable because we'll have some boxes checked. Right now we know what the boxes are and that itself is a big win. Yeah. And is that about where you would expect to be at this point? Well, this is my first merger. But yeah, I think the pace uh, has not been slow. So I don't think there's anyone uh, that would say the change is not a lot and it's not something we're tackling with uh, full gusto. So I think uh, we have uh, full plates for now and uh, I'm quite satisfied with where we are uh, in the process. So Vishal, you're based in the greater Atlanta area. But given the fact that the Getting to Know podcast is an audio experience, I assume our listening audience has recognized that's not a Southern accent upon which they are picking up. So talk to me about where you grew up, where you've been, help us understand kind of your path to the president role in industrials in the greater Atlanta area. It is a uh, meandering path to this point, for sure. So the accent has its... I'm Indian. I grew up uh, in Mumbai, was there at the last 23, college, grad school, worked there. Uh, and then uh, a chance encounter got me on a plane to New York to work for a small accounting firm. After bouncing around the U.S. for a few years, I ended up with another manufacturing company based in Atlanta. And they had us, and me, transfer over to Switzerland, then Malaysia, then South Korea, and then back again to the U.S. when I joined uh, Nina, now Mativ. So my accent is a little bit of everything. If you ask the Indians, they say I don't sound like Indian anymore. If you ask the Americans, I don't sound American anymore. So, you know, the accent is one. I, some, I still find occasions people don't understand what I'm trying to say. With that, We just work through it. I haven't learned your football language, Mike. That's one thing I probably should do, but maybe later. All things in due time, Michelle. So you're based now in Atlanta with your wife and daughters. Talk to us a little bit about them. Sure. My wife, uh, Sonali, she's uh, an Atlanta native. So that's mainly the reason we're back here. When we were, we decided to leave South Korea, we said, here's the map. We can go wherever we want because we were a third country couple and was a few cities. In the end, we decided grandparents are important. Access is important. So we're here in Atlanta. And a good choice, um, all things considered. We've been married for 12 years now. Uh, two daughters, Nena, nine, and Anushka, who's seven. Uh, Nena was born while we were transitioning from Switzerland to Malaysia. And Anushka, the younger one, was born when we were in Korea. So for, the, for many years, she thought she was half Korean, half Indian, half American, and I'm glad her math has improved since then. That's great. So language skills-wise, how, how, many, how many languages are you comfortable communicating in? Just two. So, so English is, oddly enough, my first language because my father's father worked for the government, and in India, every state has a different language. So the only way his kids could get admission into a school and they transferred was by speaking English. So they spoke English at home and then which continued down through the generation. So it's English and Hindi. Um, I can understand uh, Marathi, which is my, uh, which is a language in, in Mumbai where I grew up. And I've tried at various points to learn Spanish, German. I can read some Korean, uh, but none of those uh, are useful beyond a quick restaurant run, I would say. 
So it's a little bit of everything. And so now when I try and speak in a non-English or Hindi language, it's a mixture of German and Spanish. So I think over the recent Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S., you had a chance to go back to India. You still got family there, right? That's right. My parents um, are there. My brother is also uh, based in Mumbai. Um, he's at the other end of the spectrum of careers. He's a stand-up comic. Um, so he has uh, more freedom with his hours than I do. But considering his show started at 10 p.m. Uh, when we went to see him uh, last week, yeah, I think I'm beyond the age where my workday starts at 10. So he's one end of the spectrum. But if I recall, you have a sister who might even be the real other end of the spectrum, and you're somewhere in the middle, perhaps, no? Yeah, I'm the, I am the middle kid. You know this because I keep speaking about it, and you probably will start seeing my behavior being very that of a middle child. My older sister is based in Houston. She's a uh, pathologist. She also teaches uh, at the university there. So, yeah, we are across the globe. At one point, we were all in different time zones. Uh, so now at least we got two people on the same continent. Did she come to the U.S. before you did? Just after I did. Just after. Got it. Yes, you are a middle child, and I'm a little bit biased toward that. I've got a bunch of uh, very important middle children in my life. So we've, we've talked about that in the past. What is the best part of your current role, Vishal? The best part of my current role, I would say it is a high independence, high impact job. There is no rule book. There is no clear sense of direction. You have an end goal in mind. And the path we chart to get there is something that I have independence to, to create with my team uh, and get to it. So that I value a lot, the independence and the freedom to do what we need to do to, to make a difference to the business. How does that come into your thinking when you talk about hiring, promoting, just looking at it through the talent lens? Because I would agree with you, there's a lot that you know, we're building and creating as we're working on delivery, right? If you're looking for you know, a situation where you're going to come in and be a cog, you're not going to perhaps be as successful. So do you consciously think about that from a build out of your team standpoint? Absolutely. It is now one of the top three to four things I look for in a person that's coming in. The uniqueness of Legacy Nina and what I hope will persist in the Legacy Matter uh, is, as was described to me when I interviewed to join the company, we're small enough that you can see your thumbprint on the business, right? But what is implicit in that thought is that in many ways, you'll have to pave your own path. And I have found that there is certain scrappiness, independent attitude that works a lot more effectively in this business um, than in other places. So I've, my view is that if you are coming from a large organization that is very stable and very well resourced and has all the tools, you come in with an expectation of uh, processes and resources to get stuff done. That may very well and will be our reality in three years from now. But that's, a, that's quite a rude awakening <laughs> when you first walk in the doors. So I have very candid conversations about people I, the people I interview saying, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity if you're looking for that independence and the ability to, to kind of design your own future. A phrase that a previous boss of mine used as I was changing roles 
uh, we talked about some of the interesting aspects of the role that I was in in the company. And he said, you know, best of luck finding a company that doesn't have dysfunction. I'll take that word broadly spoken. I think the key in looking for the right role as it is in looking for the right partner or spouse is find a dysfunction that matches your dysfunction when we're all happy, right? So I think that's that's something I, I watch for more carefully, both in my professional and personal life, because I know I'm a middle child, as I said, so I have certain people who uh, know how to deal with us, and that works well for the most part. You talked about the need to be scrappy, and that being, probably that alone is one of the kind of dysfunctions, because we're building we're building so much as we as we do it, right? So with that, how do you find the balance between what you have to do to deliver on a you know daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis and the time that you have to spend to kind of sit back and think about not just running the day-to-day, but thinking longer term, how do you change the business and, and transform the business and set it up? for the next generation, if you will. That is indeed the most uh, challenging part of this role. How do you separate perform from transform? And I, I believe my mandate here is to, to transform this business while performing. Uh, and I think that comes down a lot to having the right team around you. And I think I'm very pleased with the team of general managers and functional leaders around this business who you can lean on or I can lean on more for some of the perform aspects. What I find has helped me is a half-day block twice a week where I'm forced to step back and process. I also like long flights and long drives, which you get when you fly to any site at Matif as a great opportunity to reflect. So that, yeah, I'd say that's one of the most undervalued things is the time to reflect and process what you are seeing. Do you have that hardwired into your schedule? Like, do you do you literally take you know chunks of a couple of days a week to think through that stuff? I protect Wednesday afternoons and Friday afternoons. Great, good for you. As I dig through your current organization, what I think I see is a nice combination of leaders from both legacy companies, in addition to some new kind of fresh perspective that came from the outside and is not beholden to what they may have known at, at, at either legacy place. Would you would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think it's a great mix. All parts of the business came in with their relative strengths. I think it is incumbent on us as a new company to draw from the strengths and compensate for the weaknesses. And this is a wonderful vantage point for me to say, hey, here's something we can borrow. To be specific, I think from the legacy SWM side, I see a lot of operational strengths that we can borrow from. On the legacy Nina side, I see a lot of orientation towards process and, and commercial approaches that I think we can leverage on. And so that's the work that we're going to work through and balance the next uh, few uh, few months. In fact, next week I have my leadership team here in Atlanta start finding the right balance. And if you layer on that you now have a matrix organization that not everyone is used to knowing how to function with. We've got some really uh, high-impact discussions we we will have uh, in the next couple of weeks. How challenging is the matrix for your organization to navigate at this point? It's as challenging as you make it. 
And so right now, I don't think it is much of a challenge. And there are some uh, learning uh, curves that we're working through. But, um, you know, it's you can have anyone report to anyone. And really, the magic is in, in how you're oriented towards the success of the business and how aligned you are with the individuals that are around you. I think that's what we need to do as as uh, as leaders in this organization is matrix aside, are we aligned that this is what we need to do to move the business forward? And that has been surprisingly much easier than it has been for me in other matrix organizations. That's good. That's that's great. Great reason for optimism and a great foundation from which to build for sure. Vishal, are there things that dare I say, freak you out a little bit right now as you look across your broader remit? Nothing in particular, right? I think, uh, so coming from a business performance turnaround background, most people may be concerned about having a few pieces of business that are underperforming right now, but that's what I like doing. And so, you know, it matches my dysfunction. So I'm not overly... Uh, or overwhelmed by much of what I see around me, I think. One thing I will say is that the pace of change hasn't slowed or altered dramatically in the last four years. Even pre-Mativ, Nina was on a space of transformation that you build some muscles, right? (laughs) You get used to it. (laughs) Yeah, you do, for sure. So Vishal, you're sandwiched in between a pathologist and a stand-up comedian where you grew up, you know, as a kid, what did you want to be as a kid? Like, what was your dream when you were growing up? Well, I had so many dreams, like any uh, kid that's bouncing around. There was a time I uh, seriously looked at, never pursued, off-road driving. I, I saw some races in the desert, and that was very interesting, but never had the funds. and probably not the ability to pursue that as a career. I briefly looked at working in the business of media, got fairly close uh, and then changed direction. And then most interestingly, I turned down an offer to become a professional stage actor to pursue a career as an accountant. Those are two fairly different paths, huh? (laughs) You never know which direction your life takes. So perhaps I would have been differently served if I had chosen to take the stage acting gig. But, you know, artists are often starving and that's not something anyone can accuse me of right now. Yeah, fair. Good for you. So between the acting path and the consideration around media and um, kind of that artist perhaps bent, are you a big cinema guy? Are you a big TV guy? Are you and the family into that kind of stuff? Oh, yes. I'm a big movie guy. So long flights are great because my wife isn't. So that's the place where I can choose what to watch. Uh, And TV shows, yes, uh, with the consideration that I avoid investing too much time on weekdays uh, or weekends now watching TV. I love love movies. Um, I was a big comic book fan, uh, read a fair bit. Yeah. So it's also a very Indian thing. So in India, and this is my realization from coming back from this trip. Now I realize that we all like to go to the movies because it was a place to get some peace and quiet and separate yourself from the noise and the commotion that is life in Mumbai. 
He said, going to the movies once a week was a thing we all really looked forward to. I think because of the quiet and, of course, the air conditioning, which wasn't always easily found. And that's probably evolved into a like for movies in addition. Interesting. Interesting. So are you, as we sit here, December of 2022, the world's still a little off balance, but are you are you officially going back to cinemas or are you taking a lot of this content in at home or on planes? Um, planes. Um, cinemas would require me to convince my wife to watch the same movie I want to watch. So that hasn't been a very successful endeavor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's planes and, and at home. But I'm seeing some uh, signs of promise. One of my two girls uh, likes movies, so at least I may have some company. Gotcha, gotcha. What else do uh, the four of you guys do for fun when, when, when you have some extra time? We, uh, we hike and walk, and uh, we are becoming a tennis family. So I grew up in a family of racket sports players, originally badminton, then I moved to squash, and now I'm picking up tennis uh, because that's the big sport in Atlanta, right? Atlanta is a great place for tennis. And so that is our, our thing to do as a family or, or pool time. And uh, my uh, older daughter and I are learning piano now together. So that's what we... It's less fun because she's becoming very competitive with it, and she is better than I am. But that's the other uh, family activity. That's great. I have a recital this weekend. Yeah? Which I'm quite nervous about. For you or for your daughter? Both of us. Both of you. Are you like dueling pianos or? (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. All right. Vishal, what would you classify if, if I held you to one piece of advice that you could provide to the younger version of you? To the younger version of me? Just getting into your career, just got on a plane to New York. Go with the flow because you cannot force your life and career to go in the direction of your choosing. So I would say that is, frankly, that is partly my career story, but I spent many years fighting it. It's really interesting. And, you know, we're not going to solve all of this on the Getting to Know podcast. Not everyone in the listening audience um, has spent time with you the way that I have. But I don't view you. You, you, you don't just lay down by any means. I mean, you, you fight for what you believe in as well as anyone I know. So the go with the flow perspective I find interesting. Let me, uh, let me clarify that a little bit perhaps. I think... When I found myself focused on the role and position I had at the moment, I find myself, I found myself more effective, happier, and it created more opportunities for me. When I was in positions where I felt I can do better, I in fact did not. So it's about that mindset shift that I've learned over time. I could have benefited from over the last couple of decades. Gotcha. It's very interesting. Very uh, introspective. I have long flights to introspect on. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Somewhere between thinking about how to change, transform the business and watching movies, very introspective too. Movies are uh, a great way to think about things differently. So I'm always looking at movies and saying, how does that apply to my life? And... Uh, yeah, Superman didn't quite work very well, but maybe Batman does. 
That's great. Vishal, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we ask our guests three specific questions. I'm going to hit you with those right now. The uh, first of those is what can always be found at all times in the Rao family refrigerator? Three things. Let's go with the Rao family pantry. Number one is achar or Indian pickles. I have been searching the globe for the last 20 years for the exact right one. And I found them. So those are usually stocked up at home. Two is Publix bakery bread. Like a sourdough sliced or... It's just a regular Italian wheat or mountain dough. When we went to Europe, we discovered what bread can be. And so that has been the second search of our lifetime, good bread. And the third one is really one of the benefits of being back in Atlanta. There's always boxes of food that my mother-in-law has prepared for us. She demonstrates her affection through cooking and... We appreciate it. That's great. Let me go back to the pickles real quick. So the way that I took that story in, you, correct me if I'm wrong, knew that you liked some kind of Indian pickle, but had not been satisfied. You had not, you weren't seeking out a specific brand that you already loved. You were looking for the perfect Indian pickle. And, and where did you find it? I found it at an online store in Chicago. So it's a particular kind because this is a whole food culture in itself. A charge of people's whole food culture you can make from lemons, mango, chilies. There's various styles of fermenting it. And so there's a particular one that I think my grandmom used to make that I've been trying to find a version of. And then finally, I did find one uh, three years ago, and my life has uh, changed since then. Good, good, good. It's a little things. Second question for you, Vishal. Uh, amongst those who know you well, what would you say you are most famous for? I think you alluded to this a little bit. I think I'm most famous for being quite direct. You are quite direct. And I, I, that would be a hard one to argue about. But by the way, I love, I celebrate <laughs> that directness. Um, but you are. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's fair. And with that, I think it's um, very clear we can move on to the third and final question here. What are you most looking forward to right this very moment? I'm looking forward to next week when my lead team will be meeting in person for the first time since we've been formed. I think FaceTime is always very valued and has impacts that we can't quite uh, perceive. That's A and B is I'm waiting to get over that recital of mine and then I can relax a little bit, the piano recital. So is it real life nerves? Um, yeah. Uh, well, when, you, when you're doing something you're not good at doing, in front of 50 people, um, that's uh, obviously a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. God bless you. You'll have to let us know how it goes next, next time around on the Getting to Know podcast. Sounds good. Vishal, great catching up with you. Appreciate you taking time. You've got a big task on your hands. We appreciate you and your team going at it like you are. Thanks, Mike. As always, great chatting up. For sure. For those of you in the listening audience, hope you enjoyed getting to know Vishal, and we'll talk to you again in two more weeks.